My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hi there, and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is Molly McCartney, your host, and I'm here today with Pamela Gail Johnson. She's a speaker, life transition coach, and the founder of the Society for Happy People. Uh, today, we're talking about bouncing back from burnout. Um, so welcome, Pamela. Um, how are you doing today? And um, uh, just welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I'm so excited to be here. So um, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to talk about bouncing back from burnout. Sweet. Thank you. And yeah, everything thanks. else. <laughs> yes, everything else. Thanks for coming on today. So first, let's start at the beginning. Um, what is it that you do um, in the world that that helps people either bounce back from burnout or find their happiness? You know, you do several different things. So what's your main focus right now? And, and sort of um, what's that been like for you lately? Well, one of the things I do is I help workplace cultures create engaged cultures. So we try to create happier workplaces. And I did a survey recently and I asked leaders like, what is your biggest engagement challenge? And to my shock, 20, th this one was ahead by 20% over the next tier, which was, um, com was communication. But five years ago, communications would have been the top. It was always the top challenge for pretty much everything in the workplace. It's, it's how we communicate with it, whether it's our team or whether we're dealing with our macro microcultures, the communication that takes place between those. So I was really floored when burnout was, was at the top. So then I, and obviously if you're burned out, you're not happy. I always see, when I see burnout, I always see a sparkler. I've got, I still have to shoot the video of me holding the sparkler that burns out because obviously you have no, no spark, no pep. You're, 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 you're trying to find your passion. It's kind of like you're starting your car. And then your starter's not working and you keep like your spark plugs die and you're like, I want it to start. I want to go. I want to find my center again. So, so you're not, so you're not happy. Um, so I've been doing the society of happy people for 20, over 25 years. And a huge chunk about the society is about recognizing more of the happiness that already takes place. But I think as you evolve in your 20 years, I also learned that I needed to help people more with their happiness zappers. So those things that sort of take away happiness. And so this, this survey really did bump burnout to the top because I do think it, a lot of times it's a combination of what I call the key happiness zappers. And so helping people bounce back from that and helping people find their feel good again is, is um, just, I think it's kind of my purpose on life, regardless of what I'm doing. It's, helping people feel good internally and helping people find that, that sense of, of, like I said, that sense of self where they feel good. So that's, I guess, the umbrella of my purpose and happiness is one of the ways burnout's one of the ways and, and a lot of things in the middle. I love that. 
And how would you say that intuition and setting boundaries kind of plays into that, you know, halting those happiness zappers and, and getting out of burnout? Well, I think people who are intuitive most, most often are also empaths. So we pick up on people's energy and we also have a tendency to, um, so let's say I'm talking to one of my friends and she and her husband are having a fight. I usually can just immediately like, okay, well, I know what's going on. I can just hear what's going on in his head. And for whatever reason, like I know, and, and I'll say, well, I think he's maybe thinking about blah, blah, blah. And, um, she's like, oh, I mean, this has happened in numerous scenarios, but like, oh yeah, that I hadn't thought of that. And I'm like, well, so, so you just see that and, and so you, you just naturally give now, a lot of people don't want to hear it. I know I did a tarot reading for somebody probably 20 something years ago, a year afterwards, they called me and they thanked me about something about their reading. And I, of course, I don't remember it at that point. Um, for the most part, like I usually do a reading and then like, it's not in my head anymore. And so I was like, Oh, but I remember they argued with me and actually I, I kind of quit doing readings for anybody for a while. I was just like, I don't want to deal. I mean, I'm like, you picked the cards. I'm just reading what you picked. And so, so that's, you know, like I have no dog in your life because it was a friend of a friend I was doing it for. It's not like it was even in my immediate friend circle. And so I think as intuitives, we can, and we want to give and we want to help because we see that. And we're like, you know, if they just do blah, 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 this is going to fix this issue, you know, or if they just see it this way, or if they just use this verbiage when they're communicating with their workplace teams or their partners, or like I do surveys when I do trainings and I don't let the team leaders read them. And sometimes they look at me and I'm like, this, I need to understand your employee's perception of you as a leader. It may not be what you, it may not even be true. But if I don't understand their perception, I can't bridge to what you want. If if I'm just if I'm just getting the rah rah employee survey every every month, I need to know if they think you're not nice, or they think you're too nice, or they think you have favorites. I, I need to know this stuff, and and I usually can see it sort of when I get into a room to to train a team if it's small enough, but we we have a tendency to want to fix it, and if we don't. If we don't sometimes ask that question, does the person want me to fix it? If we don't have that first boundary of, is this person asking for my help, <laughs> regardless of what I see, we, we just burn, we can burn out because our emotions, Absolutely. our heart chakra is just attached to, to the love we're giving. Mm -hmm. And so my first question on boundaries is always, is this person wanting my help? You know, is this person, hey, whether it's my intuitive help, me helping somebody pack a box and move, are they actually wanting my opinion insight on that? Because if we don't have it, we definitely burn out. Yeah. And, and it sounds like there's a hard. story there. Yeah, it is hard. And, and, uh, it sounds like there's a story there. So you worked in the traditional fields and sales and things like that before you started helping teams. So what was that like for you and how did you learn this so well? How did you learn to, to follow this every day? Well, actually, I, ha I remember I had a friend and she had just started dating. Well, maybe they've been dating a year or two, a girl, a girl. And this is like a sister friend. So somebody I'm super close to. And, 
and they're still together. Like they've been together now over 15, 16 years. So it's not, they're, they're still together, but this was early in their relationship, but they just perceived life different. If I gave them a box with, and told them to each pack, pack it with 10 things, they would pack it different. It would, you would open it up and it would be completely different. And that's not good or bad. That's just the differences. So like one person wants to be social and go to five parties in the weekend. Another person's wanting to watch Netflix. One person wants her to go shopping with, to go do, do general shopping. I mean, even she and I would disagree on this. She's like, I need to go shopping. Want to go with me? You're like, no, I don't even want to go shopping for me. Um, I mean, like if it's a special occasion, like you're getting married or you need to go get a dress for a work event. I, I mean, yes, I'll, I'll go help, but cause I'm your friend, but in general, I just don't want to go browse a sale at whatever. So they were just very different. And I, I kind of just made a comment to that effect. She got so mad at me. And I'm just like, how, how do you not see this? I mean, this is like, how do you not see this, this just very obvious thing? And to this day, they will still have these huge knockout, drag out fights, you know, and then they make up later, but they still have these same fights that they've been having for 15, 16 years. And it just, but I think I got hurt. My feelings got hurt because I was just kind of saying, hey, this is just where y'all are different. And so when this issue comes up, maybe the way to solve it is to just recognize first your differences and then create your plan. Like, this is what we're doing. We'll do these three things that you want to do. We'll do three things I want to do. And so we have some balance. And it just, like I said, it was just super eye-opening and it wasn't, it wasn't that long after the tarot reading with the person who was just defensive over it all. Like I said, and a year later, do you remember getting this call from them? And they were like, you were so right. And, <laughs> and it just taught me like to ask that question, does the person I'm talking to or the person who's venting or the person who's whatever, do they want my intuition? Right. And so sometimes if I start to share it and they, <clears throat> they get defensive, I just, I just back out of it. Mm -hmm. I just, I, because again, I want to respect what they need, want or need to hear just because I see it doesn't mean that they, they want or, or need it or can even acknowledge it at that phase of wherever they are. And that was, like I said, that was a powerful lesson. And then just sort of times in the workplace, you, you can see, you know, there's a lot of politics that I work for Staples and American Express. There's a lot of politics in those things. So you can, again, intuitively, you can see what's going on. And so I also learned though, because of how politics works, what's really going on and then how that plays out can end up being two different, very different things. Cause we all have free will, we all have free actions. We can throw people under buses. We can do a lot of different things that can change a dynamic. So I sort of just learned, you know, the keep your, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Like if you knew somebody didn't like you, you probably needed to make sure that, that you were you know, at least publicly, like super friendly to them and super whatever, because it made it more awkward for them to dislike you and just you behind your back. Like, like you it's had to go in, zone in there sometime. <laughs> well, it is. It and is. you had to like, like, you know, know the undercurrent mm -hmm. of, of what's going on, but you didn't always have to verbalize them. And so again, having those boundaries, um, were, I think were important that I, that I sort of started learning really in my, you know, early twenties. Mm -hmm. And then I just carried those, those through. And then, you know, one time somebody asked, and I was a good salesperson for the corporations. I, I started in the nonprofit world, but I sold, um, you know, million dollar type, multi-million dollar type deals, like 30, 
and my biggest deal is around $40 million. So I sold some big deals. And um, so I had my boss's boss, the VP of our region one time she was she was asking me, she's like, what kind of salesperson are you? And I, I was hesitant to answer, but I just said to her, I was like, you know, I'm an intuitive salesperson. So at various points, I'd have companies wanting to set appointments. And I'm like, I didn't want people setting my appointments because for me, the appointment started with my first call when I heard their voice. Like, I, like just hearing their voice could sort of tell me more about them than, than walking into their office, in all honesty, because I, I would be like, okay, so this is the approach I need to take with this person. And then I just would build upon it. Um, I walked in with a colleague one time to, to a, a really big deal it ended up being a big deal and she uh she's like well what's your what's our strategy she was she was kind of shadowing salespeople. she's like what's her strategy I was like you know what I have no idea because I didn't set the appointment with the person I'm meeting with I have no idea so we'll figure it out when we walk in <laughs> and um they went totally non-strategy wise but just like I said I had to meet the person kind of know them but this VP was like no I think that's an ideal salesperson. Um, having said that, since everyone's not intuitive, that's not what they train to. Or I think everyone is intuitive, but a lot of people shut it down. And so it's not like an official training, the intuitive training system for, for big corporations anyway, you know, for things in the Fortune 1000, we're not going to go train our sales force on intuition, <laughs> which is maybe unfortunate. It is unfortunate. Yeah. I used to work for, for one of those companies and it, I pulled my hair out daily, <laughs> the lack of intuition. So I, I do understand. I understand well, or even, saying. even when you're intuitive, like I said, things can change because somebody decides they need a different strategy yeah. to match the moment. And, and it doesn't mean that your intuition was wrong. It just means somebody made a choice and to, to, to say, you know, even if they're pretending whatever, or they'll, like I said, they'll throw somebody under the bus or they, or they'll be indifferent or what a million different things go on, but it's, it's very, yeah. it doesn't feel good. Yeah, it doesn't. And, and what I've noticed and, and something I write about in my book and, and teach my clients is all about the difference between the intellect and the instinct, you know, so, and the, in the intuition. So d three different parts of us at work all the time. And most of the business world is in the intellect, of course, you know, they have their plans and their projections and the things they need to get done. And yet within that, there's so much value in the intuition and what the long-term vision is if that was included more, I, I always thought like that would just be so much more helpful if we at least balanced it out. It's not replacing one with the other when it comes to business and, you know, kind of the, the grounded aspects of life, <clears throat> but it's definitely missing. It, it wasn't the company I worked at anyway. What, what was your, <laughs> like, were you in sales or uh, it was actually an uh, insurance underwriting? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> believe yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> uh, it, assistant. I it wasn't a full underwriter, but in that, that side of the uh, commercial insurance companies. And it was a, an interesting detour and it taught me a lot, um, about things about myself, about, um, healing, you know, that, that side that didn't quite trust my intuition and realizing when I, when I did follow it and eventually followed it into this work, which I did part-time during that time, but then I plunged into it full-time was like, okay, well, I needed that to grow mm -hmm. spiritually. It was a very grounded material, 
um, situation and it was very frustrating, but the more that I was able to find peace and clarity, despite all my frustrations, I I'm very grateful for that time now, you know? Well, and if you, I think as intuitives, if we don't understand this world of intellect that, that so many people are, you know, they cling to like a tree and they're in the middle of a flood and they're hanging on for dear life. Cause they just can't, that whole feeling thing spooks them. It's, it, but if we don't understand that, like if we don't go stand in their shoes, shoes, exactly. yeah. it, it doesn't help us either because it, it doesn't help us just like, because we we're trying to talk to them from our intuitive world mm -hmm. and instinct is a lot of a reaction to intellect to yes, some degree, exactly. unless you're just purely in fear, yep. legitimate fear, but the, um, that intellectual world, if we don't understand it, how that probably the majority of people, that's really where they operate from. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. we, we never learn to, to work with that. That's where, like I said, I started learning like, okay, you can toss a couple of bones on an intuition. You know, somebody's saying whatever, whether it's work, I do coaching and whatever. So even in that scenario, like, do I toss a couple of bones of what I see and see if they're even open to hearing it? And if they aren't, then I just kind of go with where they are. You know, I go like, okay, I can see where they're trying to get. Let's go create those intellectual steps for them to get there. Yeah, that makes total <laughs> let's, sense. And let's, we won't shortcut it for them. You know, they may have to walk a hundred steps instead of the five I see they could take. Um, but it's to work that. And I think, I think that's one of the things that taught me um, so much about, uh, about, you know, again, all those inter interactions, you yeah, know, absolutely. to go, yeah. Absolutely. And, and knowing that, that we're all, we're all kind of a balance between the intellect, instinct and intuition, you know, sometimes I know, um, you know, we all have, we all have those challenges. I know I do. Um, you mentioned on the application to be on the show that you, um, deal with balancing give and take in your relationships now. So, um, if you don't mind, um, I'd love to give a little reading on that and, and kind of reflect on that just to kind of give you a, a gift for being on the show and, and hopefully to help you get even more clear than you already are on that situation. Would that be all right? Well, that, that'd be great. Um, so I, so I guess for like, for me where there was this, so, okay, I'm single and I'm not married and I don't have kids. So I kind of, you know, my friend group and, and I, my parents are gone now. And my friend group is, is very much like a friend family to me. And I have a lot of, I have a plethora of wonderful, wonderful friends, but I decided 2020. So whatever year that was two, two and a half years ago. Now I, I sold my town home and I moved to the Washington DC area because I'd always wanted to live there. And one of the things that I noticed, noticed when I did that was that some of my close, close friends were somewhat hostile. They were, they were trying to be supportive, but they were always like, you're coming back. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, I didn't see myself coming back. I didn't know if I felt myself staying there. Um, but like my first birthday there, and so this is 2021. So it's still pandemic. -y, I remember I like people who would have come to my dinner. Like if I'd had a party at, or at a restaurant, even a small one would have showed up. They didn't even call me for my birthday. And then my feelings sort of kind of got hurt. So, so the few of them I went through, I'm like, well, when's the last time they initiated the text? When's the last time 
they, they, they did these things. And, and it's not because I was mad. One of my friends, she, when I was telling her a little bit about it, she yelled at me that, that I was mad. And I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I just don't want to be pushing myself into your life if you don't want me there. You know, like I want to be in people's lives that want me in their lives and not, I don't want to be an obligation to somebody. But yeah, it would be nice if you'd want to call me on my birthday. I mean, I get the texting and all that's there, but it would be nice. And I, and like I said to her, I'm like, it's not that, um, it's not that any, I think I have one person that I didn't expect call me. I was like, it's that none of you did. There's probably like seven or eight of you and zero of you called. And I'm like, it does cause you to take pause. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> of it, like, it, is there, yeah. is there a balance here? And not because I don't love them dearly and I will always love them dearly. And they're super dear friends, but maybe they're maybe not quite as dear. Maybe they shouldn't be in this inner, inner circle. And they're more of this secondary circle of friends. I put friends in different circles. Mm -hmm. So I do still struggle a little bit with, with that balance of, okay, how much effort am I putting into the friendship and relationship versus, you know, like, are they wanting me there? You know, like, do they want me to be the a alpha personality that just is like, Oh, do you want to go to dinner? Do you, not that I'm living there to go to dinner, but that, you know, the person who makes all the plans and things like that. So, so I do find that that's still a, yeah. well, a challenge. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we all have on the spectrum of, of that kind of challenge at, at some level, um, because this is definitely ego work for you and, and kind of going even deeper into um, finding um, kind of a sense of wholeness despite other people's reactions. So I'm, I'm seeing you're coming out of a time of being very grounded, very balanced, um, also coming out of a time of perhaps some grief that wasn't completed. Um, I don't know if there was um, a loss in your life or a breakup of some kind where you had to keep moving along. And, and some of that was kind of affecting you at that time. So in order, in, in other words, in order to keep the balance in your life and with your work, it's like, okay, I'm just going to, I'll deal with that when I have time or, you know, whatever, but now it's moving into something that's bubbling up in different areas. So any sense of, um, uh, feeling alone or on your own from childhood or in, in your family line, there's some, um, some lineage issues going on in terms of, um, generational stuff. And this could be simply, uh, things that happened in your past that you've already reckoned with you are, you've already reasoned with them and said, Oh yeah, I'm over it. It's fine. But the emotional aspect that say instinctual aspect still pops up. And so that trigger when a friend doesn't call, it's like, well, these are my brothers and sisters. Like why, you know, I would call them and this feeling of, of not being loved or not being valued. Um, and so I feel like it is something in your personal life that's being asked to, to really be embraced and held because once you can discover the underlying aspect of that and where it's coming from and sort of shift that through, there's lots of modalities to do that with, but just kind of shine a light on it. Number one, and then say, aha, like have that aha moment and work to accept that. Then you'll be able to tame the ego that gets kind of flared up when these disappointments happen. And, and watching your emotional reactions will also help you uh, not only decide who you want to keep in that inner circle, but notice if you give your energy to things that aren't giving back to you, um, you know, maybe, a, maybe sometimes those re relationships give a lot back to you and a lot of joy and you go looking for that same hit of joy. Um, it may help you shine your light regardless. 
because I see a couple of different um, messages here about you just being able to shine and not necessarily um, hinging it on other people's reactions to you. And I don't know, you're, you're nodding. So I know this must be something you've been working on. And there, it is kind of that, that next level of awareness of where we can find that happiness. Yes, we need those uh, human connections. Yes, we need friendship and support, but can we be happy in our own company? And I feel right now you're in a space where you find yourself in your own company a lot. So it's like, it's a really good time to start um, becoming that best friend and, and doing things with yourself, even if people aren't coming with you. And I'm seeing something about excursions or going to see places that you've always wanted to see um, and just up and going and then telling people about it, you know, just, just kind of have a ball with it. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're spot on. Like there was, there was, um, and in fact, okay. So when my, um, so my dog passed away and so after he passed away and he didn't need his vet, I, the vet, he had health issues and I decided I didn't want, I kind of wanted to make this move prior and, um, and this is prior to COVID. But after he passed away, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, now I can go. Like, you know, I don't have, to, I don't really have to be here. So I was, yeah, kind of ready to do that, but still in a grieving process. And, and again, one of the comments is like, I don't get why you don't want to stay here. We love coming here for parties and we love coming here for this and we love this. And I'm like, you know, and I've loved that. But right now the house is kind of sad for me because essentially my brother and I shared a dog and we bought houses on the same street. So I'm like, I kind of bought this house for my dog and my dog (laughs) is not here. (laughs) Like I want to go do these other things that I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I might, neither of my parents are here. Like I don't have to be here anymore. Like, like I don't. And I think some of my friends didn't and still don't sort of understand that. And I can under, I can respect that. Um, but I do think I took some of that like personal. Um, so it's, and it is connected to, 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 to that time of my life is, you know, is done because I'm in a different time of my life. Um, and it's just that balance between, you know, finding that balance between, between the two. Like I said, I do, I love my friends friends dearly. And I know, I know none of it was personal or intentional. Like I said, it was a happenstance kind of situation, but it was kind of like, I need to just sort of reevaluate. And I, and I think I still am. Yeah, absolutely. As you're getting to know yourself in a new phase in life, it, it, we change, you know, we change, you know, our act, our actions, our behaviors, our personality changes a little bit, how our energy comes off to others. So some people will get to know you in that new space and some may drift away. It was like, what's that phrase? Um, we know people for a reason, a season or a lifetime. And I think yeah. those, those transition moments definitely tell the tale of, of what, what's the meaning of that relationship. Well, I was going to say, that's my practical happiness principle three, which is part of my book, practical happiness, but it's um, happiness changes as you change. And I think one of the reasons people get stuck in being unhappy, usually I find this through coaching is that there's been some change that they haven't embraced some change within themselves. So they're still trying to make part of their past happiness, their current happiness. And that's just not, it's not realistic. And the example I usually use for a lot of people is I'm like, you may have a favorite family vacation spot 
that you go to every single year. My question to you is, even though this is your favorite spot and you have a lot of love for it and you have a lot of nostalgic memories for it, do you have the exact same vacation every year? And you don't because it changes. The people change. The guests around you change. The the, the seven-year-old is now 15. <laughs> what yeah. they want to do changes. They're, they're wanting to go meet they're wanting to go meet people they might want to want to hug on and, and not make sandcastles this year. So, you know, they've outgrown that part. They're in a different, you know, different phase. So like the, it, it changes and our life is, is that way. And, and so embracing that is, um, I think it, it, it's challenging even for someone like me who is aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally get that. It is kind of expecting like, oh, that was such a, such a high, like, we'll go back and do that again. And we forget, oh, that's the ego expecting that to happen like that again. But the intuition in the moment will, will let you know, like, I don't know, try this way this time or do that this time. And, and if we follow that, then we tend to find the new happiness. Exactly. You, when we're hanging on to past happiness, we can't experience present happiness and you can still go to your favorite spot and it can be a great vacation every year, but it's not the same vacation every year. And yes. one of them might, you might look back and go, I really liked, you know, year five better than year eight, but year eight was still good. Like yep. sometimes just because something's not a 10 plus doesn't mean it's not a great eight <laughs> and it still falls into this, you know, this, this, this fabulous experience, but it's, it's not the same because, you know, our life changes. And I definitely think COVID changed, you know, everything, the pandemic it's still changing things, but it changed, definitely changed. It created a big awakening for people because I think people, um, in fact, one of my, uh, member society connects messaged me. Cause I was like, Oh, you've been on the East. She's mostly from California. And I was like, you've been kind of on the East coast for a while now. And her daughter's about to ship out on a, she's in the um, Navy and is about to ship out for a year. And she's like, you know, and she had a really bad case of COVID and she was like, and despite being vaxxed and doing all the stuff she's supposed to do, she, she had a bad case. And she's like, you know, I finally realized I was working to pay the rent and I'm in a situation that I don't have to, you know, I make enough to not have to go to, to, to do whatever. So I've just decided I'm traveling for a while. Like I'm doing some stuff. I'm seeing things I've wanted Love to that. see. And, and I think, yeah. And I think we haven't quite embraced the gift of that yet. You know, and in the workplace, the workplaces is where, where workplaces are trying to figure out what this engagement piece is. But like I said, our stats are like actually admitted stats for burnout in the workplace is 50%, like 52% of leaders are admitting to burnout and 48% of employees. So mm -hmm. roughly 50% of the workplace population is admitting to burnout. And I think burnout is so linked to the workplace, but I also think it's about life. I think we have burnout in life too. And people are having to re-trigger their passions. And I think COVID just brought a lot of that to a head. I actually had early on, I had a member respond to an email and she said, you know, she's because I was kind of just about being when we were in lockdown mode. And she's like, actually, you know, I realized how many things I was doing that I didn't enjoy. And my husband and I actually still really like each other. <laughs> yeah. You learn what's actually making you unhappy. You realize, oh, okay, these things aren't so bad. So, so if people wanted to find you and learn more about, um, your happiness society, uh, society of happy people, sorry. And in your books, where can they find you? 
you can just go to the Society of Happy People. So you can just Google Society of Happy People or it's SOHP.com. So not shop, but SOHP.com. And if you type in SOHP.com slash gift, you can get the 31 types of happiness counter. So I think one of the ways we help people with burnout and bouncing back from it is to find more happiness. And one of the ways we do that is we expand our definition of happiness. And it's also the fourth principle of my, my book, happiness is bigger than you think. But sometimes happiness is just having a peaceful moment or just being content because we feel good. And I think if we start recognizing all the times we feel good, it changes our vibe. It uplifts our vibe and it helps us it helps us navigate the world from a, a perspective of feeling good. And it also helps us balance that burnout feeling because we're like, Oh, I, I am feeling good right now. I didn't necessarily know that maybe the relief of cleaning out a drawer made me feel good, mm -hmm. but it did. And, you know, I can embrace that feel good. And, you know, cause it doesn't always have to be that you're having fun or you're at a party. Sometimes it's satisfaction or sometimes it's doing the honorable thing. Like maybe you didn't want to go take your neighbor to the doctor because it didn't easily fit in your schedule, but they fell and you're like, okay, I got to get them to the hospital. And you do that and you feel good because you did an honorable thing. You're also giving, you know, there's, there's a lot of types of happiness that go into um, sometimes those unexpected moments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful words of wisdom to end the show today. I thank you so much for being here and uh, check out uh, Miss Pamela Gail Johnson uh, by Googling Society for Happy People and uh, learn more when you get a chance. And thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me on. You're so welcome. Take care and we'll talk to you again soon. We'll talk soon. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.